it's the next level. Holy, I appreciate the help. You don't have to. I killed Ethan. I can bury him. Yeah, until he rises from the dead. Dude, I know how this works. This is gonna end with you and me running through the jungle, screaming and crying. It catches me first because I'm heavy and I get cramps. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of We Have to Go Back Appropriately Named Now, because that's what we kept telling ourselves for the past couple weeks. I know, it's been a while. (laughs) We we have to go back. We have to go back to this recording. Uh, But welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back Lost Revisited, episode eight. Yay! I'm so excited to be doing this again, seriously. Me too. I apologize, everybody. (laughs) You have nothing to apologize about. Yeah, we've we've made it known on social media and such and to people that listen why we haven't been around. But you know what? It's been fun because, well, not fun, but it, it's been nice because people have noticed that we haven't podcasted. So that yes. means we have that audience and people missed us, which was nice. Yes. And I appreciate that. And, you know, my house is good. It's almost all fixed. Hurricane Florence was uh, a little bit of a pain in our ass over here but uh yeah we're back up and running again and i'm excited to to get back into it my other podcast also started back up yesterday so i'm feeling pretty good with the podcast podcasting we're gonna talk a little bit about that later on towards the end because you've had some changes in your other podcasting i've had some changes in my podcasting and uh We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later, like I said, closer to the end. But I know personally myself, I'm very happy that everything worked out with you. You compared to what happened to some other people, you got extremely lucky and extremely lucky. Yes. Um, but I'm happy that you're back. I'm happy that you're good. Your family is safe. And as I'm sure many other people are. Thank you. So, but introductions so we can move into this from the next level podcast network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Podcastica Network, I'm Kristen Howell. Uh, this episode, we continue on as we review and break down two more episodes of the first season. Uh, we are covering today, episode 15, Homecoming, and episode 16, Outlaws. We're, we're getting into the meat of season one now, too. Oh, yeah. We know everybody better. Yeah. We know everybody better. And I think it's actually starting with episodes 17 and 18. Which are the ones we're going to talk. Now, there's a lot that happens this in these two episodes, two and 15 and 16. But once we get into 17 and 18, man, we are full speed ahead to the end of the season. And I, I really can't wait till we start getting into those to, to break those down. Yes. So, uh, but just to give you a quick, uh, rundown as to the format of the podcast, uh, this is a spoiler full podcast. We do talk about stuff that happens in the future of the series as well as things that have, uh, as well as the things that are happening now. Uh, two episodes are covered every podcast, podcast released on the 1st and 15th of every month. However, that will be changing soon. I know Kristen and I are both in agreement that we're going to start covering one episode per podcast, and we're going to weekly 
Yay! Because we want to be able to podcast <laughs> about this show more. And the first and 15th of every month just doesn't cut it. Well, and we want to be in your ears four times a month instead of twice a month. Yes. We, we want you to be hear our voices every week. That's kind of egotistical, but I don't care. Don't care. Nope, not at all. I, you beat me to the don't care. <laughs> uh, and I am currently still working on getting some interviews with some of the cast, uh, as well as maybe possibly some of the producers and directors of the series as well to bring you as we go forward. I know last episode, which feels like so long ago now, I, know. Uh, I mentioned a particular someone. I am still in talks with that person's rep. Uh, he is currently filming a space epic right now. So it's kind of a little bit of an hold, but he is definitely still possi- a possibility. That would be awesome. Oh, God. I, I hope we get him. I really do. Yeah, it would be really awesome. A space epic. You're hilarious. I had to put it in a way that doesn't – I mean, that kind of gives it away already. But, I mean, if you're following along – He's got with, an independent movie project. <laughs> yeah, it's very independent. <laughs> it, that's not independent at all. I know. It's about as unindependent as possible. It's it's the ninth part of a space epic. Codependent? Yeah. <laughs> the ninth part of a space epic. Jesus. It's Star Wars. Let's just be real. <laughs> Star Wars. All right. Yes. Uh, we're Let's gonna, do this. We're going to bring you our top three highlights of the two episodes. And that's another reason why we're glad we're going weekly, too, and talking about one episode is we can do top three per episode rather than kind of having to mix it up. I but like that better. I do, too. And we might even go top five. We'll, we'll see how, how things work out. But uh, let's jump into it with our top three of episodes 15 and 16. And I'll turn it over to you. What is your number three? Of so I'm just going to keep number three short and sweet. Ethan dies. Very excited. <laughs> Um, you know, when I was reading up um, on just like some supplemental information for the podcast earlier this morning, I saw that the character that plays Ethan uh, is Tom Cruise's cousin. Yes, I, I'm. I actually knew something you didn't. Yeah, I. Well, you know, that was cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does. They actually do have like a little family resemblance, so I can see. I could see that, but it was just an interesting little tidbit. But. I'm really, really happy that Ethan died. I was very happy that Charlie did it. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure that that was controversial at the time with the fact that people wanted to know where he came from and who the others were and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when you look at the big picture of Lost and you see that when they had Ben Linus uh, initially, he lied the entire time he lied and manipulated. And I think that it would have gone along the same way. I don't think if they, if they had um, captured Ethan and interrogated him, I'm not sure they would have ever gotten the truth. And, you know, Charlie needed to, to do that. Charlie needed to, to kill the guy that was about to kill his friends. And that was, uh, that had taken Claire for almost a month. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, Ethan dies. Woo! Well, I mean, you also look at the fact, too, that <clears throat> that's something that Charlie even says, is that, like, if do you even think we were ever going to be able to get him to talk? 
Right. And I mean, that's a good point. And I don't, to me, watching that when it happened, you know, watching it through for the first time, I don't find that controversial at all. I was actually in full support of Charlie. I was actually glad when those shots got fired that Charlie mm-hmm. was the, you know, was the one that did it. And <clears throat> it, it's something else that I realized in that entire scene too. And we had discussed this a little bit uh, back. It might have even been last episode um, or la- last episode of the podcast is that. You know, we said, like, was there something more to Ethan because he very easily took down Jack and or was it more that Jack was just caught off guard? And rewatching this episode, I feel like we have a definitive answer to that and that I think it's more Ethan just caught Jack off guard because Jack takes him down, man. Like he he beats him to a pulp. Uh, yeah, that was full bar fight status. Yeah. And Jack comes out with the up, Jack comes out with the upper hand. So there really was nothing more to Ethan than just being a man who is stealthy and, uh, just knew his way around the island, but that's because he's been there already for a while. Right. So, uh, yeah. So I, I actually like that. And that was actually one of mine. I'll just tack on to that too, because that okay. was actually one of my number three is that Charlie finishes the job. Woo. Um, you know, we, we do see four guys with guns and that we see Jack and, uh, Jack, Saeed, Sawyer, and was Kate the fourth or was Charlie the fourth? I can't it was, remember. It was, cha- uh, wait, Locke, Jack, Locke was Saeed, it. It. and Sawyer. Yeah. Cause, cause Locke said, we need four men. And yeah. Kate's like, uh, cool. Uh, hashtag <laughs> me too movement. Hey man, listen, <laughs> she was, w- I, it was, it was so, like so apparent to me. Like he would rather have the hated Sawyer than have Kate come along with them. I'm like, Hey man, <laughs> Kate has proven herself like more than once since we, you've all landed on this Island. And then Sawyer's like, well, I'll give her a gun. Here you go. Sweetheart. You know? And I'm like, yay, Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just furthers your, your, uh, your theory. Actually, it's not even a theory. I think it's, it's been proven at this point uh, that Jack is a horrible person. Jack is a horrible person. That's going to be the ongoing theme for the rest of this series. Jack is, is the worst. Is Jack is the worst. <laughs> but, you know, it's, you know, continuing on with that a little bit, too, with Charlie finishing the job. And and it kind of touches base a little bit more into episode 16 Outlaws with Hurley being concerned with Charlie having PTSD for having killed somebody for the first time. And, mm-hmm. and you know, Saeed checking up on him. I found it really comforting almost to the fact that Claire is the one that actually comforts him first. She's somebody at this point, she has no recollection of who any of these people are, but she sees in almost in the purest form, because she doesn't know who these people are, that Charlie is the one man who was willing to step up and protect her no matter what it took. And it's that's for that reason that she's the one that kind of says like, you know, comes up, she's the first to approach him after all this happens and says, I want to trust you. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge step, not only for Charlie, but for Claire and shipping of their relationship. I used ship because I didn't know what it was. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I find that a nice little follow up that, you know, the first person who comforts Charlie is Claire. And that was something I was already on board for the two of them from the start. And I think at that point I was really, really into it. And I was really pulling for the two of them. Um, so when did, hang on one second, I'm looking at my notes really quick, uh, because, excuse, uh, excuse me, looking through my notes really fast, (laughs) but, um, there was, okay, so Charlie and Claire, they had, 
their conversation before. I don't think so. Are okay. you talking about the peanut the, butter conversation? No, I'm oh. talking about Locke went up to Charlie and I just, it was my favorite line in the entire, in both episodes when he said, you're not alone. Don't pretend to be. Um, because he had gone kind of inside his little heroin shell. And I'm not saying like he's a user, but it's just like you get in that deep, dark depression and, you know, you start to pity yourself and you start to spiral down a little bit. And he was kind of headed down that path. And I feel like Locke kind of pulled him out into the light a little bit to allow himself to connect with somebody. And that somebody was Claire. But I just didn't know because it's been like over a week since I've seen the episode. But um I, I couldn't fig- remember which happened first, him talking to Claire or Locke telling him that he wasn't alone and not to pretend to be alone. Okay. All right. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's funny that you bring that up too, because the whole you're, you're not alone seems to be an ongoing trend now because we heard those words yet again in episode 16 from, from Saeed and there they were to Charlie, you know, Saeed is, is, you know, approaches Charlie when he's, he's. Saeed said that you're right. It wasn't Locke. Saeed said that. Oh, so we're thinking of the same conversation. We're thinking of the same conversation. Yeah. It was Saeed and it was towards the end of the episode of episode 16. Yes. Uh, I loved, I loved his story too. Saeed's story about what it was like for him when he killed a man. And, um, you know, it was just, I, I like people that can relate to somebody else, not by telling them how to feel, but by just saying, I'm just, I just want to tell you a story about something I went through. Yeah. All right. Bye. Yeah. Shared, ex- <laughs> shared experiences. And that's, right. uh, that's one of the things that we get a lot of out of this series. And it did make me come to one other realization, too, that I made in my notes in that this is very quickly becoming the Isle of Killers. In, yeah. at, at this point, we have no less than four that we realize now by the end of this episode. And, you know, we have, uh, you know, obviously we knew of Saeed already having been a soldier. We now have Charlie who killed Ethan. We have Kate who we know was, you know, arrested and on the run for murder. And now we find out that Sawyer is also a murderer. So uh, also a killer. So no less and than Ethan. Four. Well, Ethan killed Steve. Well, Ethan killed uh, Scott or Scott. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so Ethan killed Scott or Steve. <laughs> but do we count him though? Because he technically, I guess we will, because it is an Isle of Killers. So he is on that island. So yeah, I guess yeah. he would be included in that. And we are a long ways off of that number stopping uh, throughout the run of this series. There's a lot more deaths to come uh, throughout. Not necessarily killed Lost by someone going, else going but, into westeros mode yeah oh my god it's an, it's a whole nother park this was really another park <laughs> the island park hey man i've been saying for a while game of thrones is just another park in west in uh in uh westworld but westworld you know, that's so funny. that's my theory and it's not gonna pan out uh what about you what's your number two so my number two is um well, I guess we'll just stay with Charlie, um, is Charlie's flashback. Um, you know, you, I think that we learned a lot more about Charlie than, than we have. I mean, we've already learned a lot about Charlie so far, especially for it being the first season, but I think this really kind of expanded on the depth of who he is as a character and how much he does, you know, he feels for people and he was just so lost, you know, his brother 
kind of abandoned him. His brother pulled him into this horrible life and then abandoned him for a better life, kind of left him out in the cold. And then he, you know, is addicted to drugs and he's with this skeezy guy and this skeezy guy wants to use, you know, his fame to score stuff, to steal, to, to, um, get drugs later. And, you know, he ends up falling for this girl who genuinely wants to help him. But then his friend is like, well, I want drugs. So I'm going to cut you off just so you'll come back to me. Like nobody's looking out for Charlie. Um, you know, Charlie wants to do good. You can see that he wants to be a protective force. He wants to be somebody that can be counted on. And he just fails so miserably over and over again until Lucy at the end finally says, you'll never protect anyone. And you could tell that stays with him. It stays with him all the way up until this whole thing with Claire. And that's probably what he's been reliving is that moment for the entire month that Claire's been gone is you'll ne- you can't protect anybody. You can't protect anybody. And then he gets the chance to try again. He gets the chance to protect her again. And he does it. He does it and he succeeds. And it's such a turning point for him. It, it as much PTSD as he goes through, he gets the trust from Claire eventually, and he learns that he is capable of being that protective, positive force in someone else's life. And I think that that really helps kind of elevate Charlie as a character a little bit more, and and he becomes so much more complex. So I really um, appreciated kind of the backstory this week on Charlie, and, and it helped me just love him even more. No, I, I agree with you. And it's one of those situations too, where you mentioned how nobody was really looking out for him. And he had this, this skeevy guy, like kind of whispering in his ear, like an evil Jiminy Cricket, uh, you know, who was even using his own, Charlie's own weakness against him, you know, saying, mm-hmm. like, you know, Charlie steps up and he says, like, I, I took this job because, you know, I want to have something. And it's so funny because he has that moment where he's at dinner with Lucy's father. And that's when it really clicks with him is that like, I, what do I really have going for me? Like drive shaft is dead. Um, you know, but I'm now sitting here and in, in a better place and I want to use this to my advantage and not necessarily in the way that I initially went into this to use this to my advantage. So he takes the job with the copy company and, you know, even after he does that and he approaches that guy that's in his ear, you know, that guy uses his drug addiction against him, like saying, you know, well, you're an addict. How's this going to be? You know, it's 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 Friday. How are you going to be on Monday? Like and he just constantly tears Charlie down. So you're right. There's nobody there kind of looking out for Charlie to the point where and then you mentioned the whole thing with Lucy, how you'll never protect anyone. And that all you're right. It all comes to a head with with the shooting of Ethan. Yeah. So. Uh, my How about num- you? My number two, uh, jumping into episode 16, Outlaws, is the con man gets conned. And we see this whole thing play Hardcore. out. Hardcore. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> In that uh, Robert Patrick, who I, I love as an actor from sh- movies like Terminator 2 and, and Scorpion I, and TV shows like, like Scorpion, I had almost forgot he was he was in this in this role. And he's, in essence, the one that plays Sawyer completely. He, again, it's somebody else in this show who uses the history of a person against them. He knows Sawyer's backstory. He knows 
James Ford's backstory and that why he took the name of Sawyer and he totally uses that against him. And he uses it not only for his own benefit, but he uses it to get a man killed. He has Sawyer do his dirty work and he totally played on Sawyer's emotions. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder too how I, cause I can't imagine timeline wise, this was very long ago before the crash. Because we do see we get the truest of backstories crossing for the first time in that we see Sawyer and Christian Shepard in a bar together actually having a conversation. Well, we also saw Sawyer in the police precinct when Boone was there. True, but these weren't kind of backstories interacting, though. That was just kind of like a small little Easter egg I I felt where like, you know, Sawyer Sawyer was just getting arrested in an Australian It's funny that Sawyer's in both of them. Yeah. Well, actually, I take that back because we did. I think we did get a little bit of an Easter egg in episode 15 in that Lucy says that her father was buying some paper company. Oh, well, that yeah, that was for the office. Yeah. So that was kind of like another Easter egg tie in to them. But I think like in the truest sense, this is one of the first big ones that we've gotten. This isn't just something that happens in the background of another backstory. These are two backstories actually converging and coming together. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we get a little bit more of that too, because the whole, that's why the, the Red Sox never win the series that comes back to play later on, especially between Jack and Sawyer. And if I remember correctly, it's a moment that I love when, when those two, cause I think there's a moment where Sawyer says that to Jack and it's Sawyer's pretty much telling Jack, like, I've met your father. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, it was, um, so, so Jack said it and he goes, wait a minute you know, why did you just say that or something like that? And then he said, oh, it's just something that my father used no, no, to say. No, I'm saying it comes back later. There is another moment later in the series where this oh, comes oh, back oh, up. Okay, because and- I thought Sawyer was kind of a jerk in that moment. I'm like, come on, dude. Christian was Christian Shepard said, I could fix everything with one phone call and I just, I'm a coward and I'm weak. And Sawyer chose to keep his father weak instead of helping Jack get a little bit of closure on his dad. Well, I think it's because like he didn't realize until that moment that that was Jack's father. So he didn't really know exactly what to do with it. But again, there's another moment later in the series and I can't remember if it's before season one ends or if it's later where the whole meeting Christian comes back up and the whole conversation Christian has to Sawyer about how he was proud of what his son did. He was proud of what Jack did and, and what it did to him. And it kind of released him from everything that he was doing. There's a moment later in the series where Sawyer says to Jack, I met this guy in a bar and he was talking about how proud he was of his son. And it clicks with Jack that that was his father. And I can't remember where that happens, but I know that comes up. And it's one of those moments that I love. Anyway, I'm kind of getting away from my, my number two. That's okay. Sorry. Yeah. That's, it was my fault. No, that's fine. That's one of the things that – that's one of the reasons why we do this. But there's a whole – and this might be me reading into things way too much, which is going to happen with this series. There's that moment where Sawyer meets Frank, uh, his potential target, the man he's – led to believe is Frank Sawyer, the man who caused his father to kill his mother and, and then kill himself. Played by Jeff Perry, who is an ABC regular in uh, many ABC shows. There are a lot of ABC regulars in Lost. Yes, <laughs> but Lost. He's, he's Meredith Grey's dad, and he was Cyrus Bean in uh, Scandal. So. Oh, okay. 
two shows two I've major parts yeah so I, I wouldn't know um but again this might be me reading into it too much but when he first meets him it's at the shrimp truck in in australia and Frank says, and this is also after a conversation Sawyer had with the guy he was buying the gun from when he tells him, when you point a gun at someone, that's when you realize the man, the man that you are, meaning you're going to pull the trigger or you're not. You're going to be a killer or you're not going to be a killer. You're going to realize that. And there's the moment where he meets Frank and Frank tells him, you've got two choices, mild or hot. Do you think that's an underlying thing in that you know you're gonna kill or you're not gonna kill or is that just me reading into this too much uh normally i would say you would probably be reading into it too much but this is lost where everything seems to matter and everything is so well thought out i think that you know there is probably something there i didn't think about it that way but i can see that uh, meaning something. Absolutely. I mean, cause it seems like that's always Sawyer's choice. You could come in mild or you could come in hot. And those are the only, uh, the only speeds that he knows. Yeah. You know, he's never just neutral on anything. He's either laid back, you know, Southern boy, or he is relentless con man with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. I mean, but you know, the, the whole two flavors, the thing like, why even mention what your options are when it comes to a shrimp truck if there wasn't something behind it? So I, I kind of think in rewatching in rewatching the episode, excuse me, that I think that I think there really is more to that. I think that you know you've only got two choices, mild or hot, and I, I think I think there's an underlying meaning to that. And again, it might be me reading into it way too much, but I was curious on your take, and I'd be curious to know what the listeners' take on that is too on whether or not there's there's something more to that. But you're right. When it comes to this show, I don't think there's looking into things too much. No. I, I really don't think that at all. Uh, but that was my number two. So moving on to our number ones, what is your number one? Well, my number one was Sawyer. Um, I, you know, j- just like Charlie, we got to know Sawyer a lot more. And it wasn't we just got to know who they were. It's that we got to understand the layers of his character a little bit more. He's tortured by this childhood memory. It is the driving force of his life, of his attitude, of his refusal to let people in, of the way that he cons people. I mean, it's that witnessing his mother dying and then his father shooting himself in the head while he was under the bed. It completely changed Sawyer or James Ford. Right. Yeah. And it, he has one mission in his life and that is to exact revenge. Um, and he's filled with so much anger, but you know, I, that, that never, ever have I ever game. That game is a, (laughs) dangerous game i'm glad you brought that up because that's my number one but we'll get to that when you're when you're finished with all right that game is very dangerous i'll tell you what there's been many times where you get to the end of that and you're just like oh my gosh why did i admit that or oh my (laughs) gosh what you know i i hate that game um and love it all at the same time um but i really enjoyed getting to know sawyer and why 
just why he is the way that he is. Um, I think that Kate is really the only one that can get through to him. Um, they both realize that they're both damaged and that creates a really nice connection. Um, you know, in, when, when you are a complicated person or you have a complicated past and you meet somebody with, with kind of the same thing going on, you know, there's an automatic kinship, no matter what, no, even if you hate each other, which Kate seems to hate Sawyer, um, a lot of the time, but I think that she kind of came around on him too after this, um, which is good. Yeah. But the whole boar scene where, when he finally gets crazy and he picks up that baby boar and he just starts screaming into the distance and Here, piggy, freaks piggy, out, piggy. freaks out Kate, Kate runs away. Sawyer, you know, realizes how angry he is. And it's, it's the symbolism there with, with this, you know, his relentless, relentlessness to get this boar by using the child with his memory of what happened to him as a child and his trauma. And then he's tra traumatizing this baby boar. I just couldn't help but think like he'd kind of come full circle on, on who he was. And I'll be interested to see, because now I'm going to pay attention to it where I haven't paid attention before, um, on how this kind of changes him going forward. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, my number one was just, Sawyer. Ba basically, I enjoyed getting to know both of these characters a lot better um, in the last two episodes, all surrounding, you know, their backstories and the interlocking of Christian and, and Charlie's backstory and Claire coming back and Ethan dying and like all this chaos is reigning, but we're still getting to learn uh, significant things about our central characters, which yeah. is always fun. Yeah. Um, before I jump into my number one, I kind of want to kind of piggyback, no pun intended, on <laughs> on talking about the boar a little bit. And, uh, you know, first off, it's some of the I absolutely love this episode for for multiple reasons. And a lot of the Sawyer boar interaction is part of it. But <laughs> uh, going to the end of it, like when we have that final moment when he's got the boar in his sights, he's got the gun pointed at the boar and he says to himself, it's just a boar. <sighs> Again, this might be me reading into things way too much, but knowing what we know about the series, and especially going into later episodes, um, a little bit further on in, in you know, towards the end of the series with like, uh, you know, season six and, and such. Do we think the boar is just a boar, or could this boar be something different? Um, because it seems like. From what we know by the end of the series and the, the man in black and the smoke monster, again, spoilers for anybody who's watching for the first time with us. Uh, could this boar in essence be a test of the island to test and to test Sawyer's character? Well, I think that I absolutely, I think that they're all being tested. I mean, what one of the biggest, um, the biggest indicators of that is when they find the plane full of heroin later right for yeah. charlie um you know they have i think i want to say well i mean claire claire was a test and i mean christian shepherd being on on the island you know every once in a while that's a test for jack and yeah i i think absolutely everybody 
is tested. I mean, the island is a crazy place where you can walk again and cancer's healed and babies sometimes die. And I, you, you just never know, you know, how exactly the island is going to treat you personally as a person. I mean, look at, um, uh, what's her name? Paolo and what? Nikki what's and Paolo. Name? Nikki and Paolo, right? <laughs> they failed their test. Oh, they failed it hor epically. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah. But no, I, th- I think this is just another test of the island. And I mean, because knowing what we know by again, by the end about what these tests mean and what the man and why these people were chosen to, to be on the island or why some of them were chosen to be on the island, not everybody. Some of them just happened to be survivors. Uh, but for the most part, the characters that we know now were chosen specifically to be on this island. And I think each of one of these things that we're seeing so far is a test. We, you know, we have the bore of being the test of Sawyer facing his past and getting over over his past. We have, as you mentioned, Christian Shepard appearing on the island and that being a test for the same kind of test for, for, uh, for Jack. The heroine is a test for Charlie. I think Locke being given the ability to walk again and what he would do with that, you know, is a test for Locke. We find out later that, you know, the test for Rose and that her cancer is gone. So I think there's so many different things that, Watching this series now the way that we do is a big eye opener because we're seeing so many different things. And mm-hmm. it's still, I, I've said this before. I wish we could just, I wish there was a way to just kind of erase this show from my memory to start fresh. Yeah, I know. I feel that way about Game of Thrones too. Yeah. Well, I don't feel that way about Game of Thrones because I'll, I'll rewatch an episode and I still forget about other stuff. And there's only <laughs> stuff that I'm seeing for the first time when I watch Game of Thrones because there's so oh, that's much that cool. happens in Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, it's a little complicated. Yeah. Trust me. I've watched every episode of that series, some of them many times, and there are still characters I don't remember their names. Yeah, but, okay. So <laughs> whereas Lost, I've seen a number of times and I know who everybody is. I know their backstories and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my number one, as I mentioned earlier, is uh, Carte Blanche and I Never – which uh, I'm sorry to say, Sawyer, I have to correct you. It's never have I ever. Not I, I never. He said it wrong. I totally agree. I'm like, <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> it's like when he says to Kate, like, uh, you've never been to college. Like, otherwise, you would have known if I never. Well, apparently, you never went to college either because that's not the name of the damn game. <laughs> <laughs> Which we find out through the, the, the course of the game that he's never been to college either. So I love how many explained. times they were drinking out of the same like tiny little bottle. I got to tell you, that bottle would have been gone. Well, they change <laughs> bottles because there, there's moments where you can see Sawyer like kind of toss the cap behind him and start drinking. So if you pay okay. attention, the bottles do change. Okay. Yeah. Um, cause that was something I, I think I noticed the first time watching, but watching again, it was, um, you definitely see the bottles change because the colors of the liquor change and the shapes of the bottle change. So they're, okay. they're they're changing the bottle. But, you know, even through the course of like six seasons of this show, in particular season one, <laughs> this is still one of my favorite scenes from season one. And I don't even really know why it is. I just – it might be the – the complexity of learning more about these characters. But I think it's one of those scenes that kind of – it starts fun and just really takes a serious toll by the end. Yeah, that's the game. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. It is the worst game. Everybody's it's all fun and games until somebody says something horrible and then it, everybody starts crying. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> 
but no, I, and it's, it's, this is still one of, like I said, this is still one of my favorite game, my favorite games, favorite. That's not one of my favorite games at all. <laughs> my it, favorite game in the world. It's, it's one of my favorite scenes from season one. I know by far because of the serious turn that the series, that the show takes, because at this point, let's not forget, we at this point still don't know that Sawyer killed someone. So this is a big reveal for first time viewing. Um, I mean, we kind of assume because of the grittiness of his character and the ruggedness of his character and how he's pretty much an asshole that he, he probably has killed somebody at this point, but we're now getting confirmation. But then we're finding out it's, it's amazing how the, the writing of this show does it is that, okay, we're getting confirmation. Yes. Sawyer is the man we know. He killed somebody. And then you find out the degree behind it and you realize he was tricked into it. And he didn't kill the man he intended to kill. And it, and it flips, haunts him. And it flips in, it flips the whole situation on its head where you just one scene ago got confirmation he was a killer. And now the next scene or the next couple scenes, you feel sorry for him. I know. And it's because like he was conned. The con man got conned. And I think that again, that's part of the brilliance of this show. I really do. I agree. Is yeah, layered, flawed characters. You know, any show that's character driven and well written is going to be a total hit. Um, you know, that's what people like. People like human stories where people are flawed. And I think that Lost really highlights that aspect and um kind of that desire from from a large audience. You know, people like to feel that, okay, like there's other people that, you know, are still complicated and, you know, you don't have to be one thing. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be a bad guy. You don't have to be a good guy. You can be both. There's a gray area. Yeah. Gray is okay. Yeah. That's a new tagline. Gray is okay. There you go. See? Unless it's 50 em. shades and then it doesn't, then it's horrible. Oh, let's not <laughs> <laughs> edit uh, that out. Oh, no, I'm not editing that out. That's staying in. Are you <laughs> we don't edit anything. Well, that's a lie. We have edited stuff out before. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Um. Okay. Never, so ever have I ever lied? Drink. Sorry. I I don't have a drink by me. It's also ten o'clock in the morning. So, um. <laughs> okay. So we've gone through our top three. I do have a couple other things uh, that we could mention um, in, in notes. I don't know if you do as well. <clears throat> but um, one of the things I wanted to bring up, uh, you know, we're obviously we get the whole thing with Sawyer and the boar, but we're. Sawyer is the next person to hear the whispers in in the series. We know Saeed was the first. I can't remember if anybody else has heard them yet at this point. <sighs> I want to say no. Michael. Michael heard whispers, didn't he? I can't remember. I should know this. Well, it's – gosh, I feel like I've been out of the podcasting world. Like, it, it's only been like two weeks, and I feel like it's been four months. Um. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. That's Actually, so weird. it's been a, it's been a month since we've recorded the Lost podcast. That's crazy. I know. Hey, um, man, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> so the whispers you said was Jack and Sawyer and Saeed. When Saeed did, Jack, when did the... Jack? Oh, Jack did hear them. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I didn't mention Jack, but Jack did hear the whispers. And I think Boone did too. He heard them right before he heard. Shannon screaming. I think you're right. And Shannon 
again, so it seems like almost before one of these characters is about to be tested, they hear the whispers. So, yeah, because uh, Boone's been tested. That's right. Oh, yeah. we totally forgot about that. That was a big test, and he passed. Oh, yeah. Yay, Boone! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it seems like. A lot of people could tie these whispers into the others, which we'll touch base on in season two. But I think there's more to that. I I don't think it's necessarily the others. I think these are sounds that are heard before a character is tested. Like you're about to face a test on this island. And that's a lot of what these sounds are. Mm -hmm. So it could be the others. It could be a test. I, I think it's it's one or the other. So... Um, the only other thing I have in my notes is that, and I've mentioned this before is, but I'm really starting to notice it now in, in back character backstories, as well as, um, future of the series is that one of the big overarching things throughout the run of this entire series is daddy issues. (laughs) There are a lot of them and almost every character has them. I think only almost every almost every person has daddy issues. I don't know why, but that's that that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, you look. Jack's got issues with his father, Christian. Sawyer's father killed himself. We have um, Boone's father was killed in a car accident. Um, We're gonna learn about Locke's father. Oh God, Locke's father is a whole another story. Yeah, Locke's uh, father is yeah. <laughs> because Locke's father interacts with Sawyer later. Yeah. Uh, oh um, gosh. We have Claire has d- daddy issues. Claire has daddy issues. Who, funny enough, her daddy issues also mix with another character from the show. Um, because her Kate father has daddy issues. Well, yeah, Kate, not really anymore. Kate but... kind of killed her father. Yeah, Kate, Kate had daddy issues. <laughs> she had daddy issues. Yeah, there's so many characters. Son had daddy issues, which means Jin had daddy issues or who, daddy in law the... issues. Yeah. Um, by the way, that was my only other note was that Jin looks like he knows that son understands English. Do you think he's on to her at this point? Oh, yeah. I don't know because that's he and, looked- and that's actually coming up. I think that's episode 17 is when we get that big reveal. And I don't know if that's necessarily true because I remember when it happens and it comes out that she speaks English. He has a genuine look of shock on his face. I think he's suspicious that there's something else going on. I don't know if know if it's necessarily that he knows she speaks English. Hmm. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I, I you could be right, and I could I be had wrong. the distinct feeling that he, he was looking at her like he knows, but you know, I think that she's she's hiding it less because now uh there's a couple people that know that she speaks English. Um on the island. And yeah, I think Michael I, and Kate at this point. Jack might also know. Yeah, I think Jack could be suspicious that, that, that there's a possibility she speaks. Oh, English. I thought that she's already spoken to Jack. Has she? I don't remember if she did or not. Yeah, I'm going to have to take a look back. But yeah, Kate and um, Kate and Michael for sure for know. For sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's funny because in the background we see the boat being built and – we know that's definitely going to come into play a little bit later uh-huh. uh, in a big, Oh, big poor way. Walt. Walt has daddy issues too. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very true. He's living with his daddy issues he's right li- now. He's, yeah, he's the living embodiment of daddy issues. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, I'm, I mean, there's a couple characters we know of. We never see any kind of daddy issues. Saeed, we never see any kind of daddy issues. Um, Charlie, I don't think we ever see his father appear at any point in the series. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. There's so many daddy That's issues. That's interesting. I'm going to start keeping a tally now. <laughs> for, for when daddy issues come into play? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's everything I have for these two episodes. If that's everything. Oh, one other thing. Uh, I do love the fact that even when these episodes focus on other people, we still get moments of levity from Hurley. Yeah. <laughs> you I know, love Hurley. There's the whole scene where Charlie is burying Ethan and, and Hurley goes to help him. And, you know, Charlie says to him, you know, like, I killed him. Uh, I'll bury him alone and I don't really need the help. <laughs> and Hurley's like, yeah, that's until he comes back from the dead. And <laughs> you know who they're going to go after first? Me, because I'm heavy and, you know, th- th- just moments like that. But there's also moment. I, I, another reason why I love Hurley as a character so much is because he goes right from one moment to the next. He goes from a moment of levity to a moment of concern because he is the one that reaches out to Saeed and says – "I." I think you should look out for Charlie. Hurley is such a good friend to have. I, you know, I can't wait until we actually get to his episodes. Yeah. Everybody loves Hurley. <laughs> Everybody needs a friend like Hurley. I mean, yeah. And I, I'm I, sure we all have one. I'm sure we do. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for the top three and the notes. Um, we do have some feedback that we're going to get to in a moment, but I wanted to bring something up to you and I want to bring it up on the podcast now. Um, while we're in the, in the midst of everything, there's a new show out right now that I know you manifest. and I have talked about. Yes. It's manifest. You're talking about manifest. <laughs> I'm talking about manifest. I wanted to talk about manifest too. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's talk, let's take a minute to, to talk about this. And, um, I know there's a lot of lost fans out there that are watching manifest because it's, there's a lot of similarities in, it's so good. in, it's in so the show. Good. Oh you, my gosh. It's so good. You and I have thrown around the possibility of potentially podcasting about manifest and i don't know if we want to incorporate it into this podcast or if we want to do a separate podcast uh uh, that's something for us to discuss and of course any of the listeners that want to hear about manifest we'll leave it up to them too We, we value your opinion as to maybe we could take like a couple minutes every episode to talk about manifest or do it something completely separate if you're not interested in manifest but I digress. We're going to at least talk about the pilot for a moment because the pilot's already aired. And if we end up podcasting about it and we have to do it again, we'll do it again. But whatever. I didn't take any notes, so I have to go completely by I didn't fuzzy either. I'm, memory. I'm going completely off of what I what I'm, um, I remember from the episode. But that was a solid pilot. Yes. That was such a great pilot. I am so invested in these characters already. It, it's one of those shows that like what anytime I watch a new show and there are a couple I usually give I usually watch a lot of new shows every season but there's so much other stuff out there right now that I really now I'm very picky about what no show, new shows I watch and mm-hmm. I've only chosen three this year I chose manifest I chose New Amsterdam which I oh loved. which I watched last night so good another so good. fantastic show and I'm actually having somebody from the show on my other podcast this week. I know week. you are. And, I know um, you are. I'll, I'll mention that towards the end when we're doing our plugs. That's um, really exciting. And Magnum PI was another one I gave because it's tied in. It's the same universe as Hawaii Five-0, and I love Hawaii Five-0. So um, I watched that one too. But anytime I watch a new show, I'll give it three episodes. Me too. Uh, yeah, because I, I figure the pilot's always pretty strong. 
The second episode is always not necessarily as strong as the pilot, but if by the mm-hmm. third episode it doesn't pick back up again, I- I'm I'm not going to give it my attention. Right. Manifest was that show that it took one episode, and I was like, "Yep, I'm in. I don't care. It, I, I it don't took care. the intro. <laughs> oh, of them like when they actually land and yes, everything behind them, like no, you guys have been gone for five years. Literally, I just couldn't. I just it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm so yeah. I'm very. very I'll excited. tell you when I was really sold, and it I like every once in a while, like my like my mother and I will get together and just have dinner and hang out and watch a movie or go to a movie or whatever. We watched Manifest together, and I remember watching the series. And apologies for spoilers to anybody who hasn't seen it yet. There's that. The if you whole, haven't seen it, just skip ahead. Yeah, skip ahead. Maybe like skip another ahead right like, now, like five ten minutes. Five and, minutes. Yeah. The whole moment with like set them the whole set them free thing with them and the dogs. And yes. when she returns, when they go back and they return the dogs, like I was confused at this point. I'm like, okay, like they set them free. Like, what are they going to do? And it clicked. And it was one of those jaw dropping clicks where I literally was watching. And before it was revealed, it clicked to me and I gasped. And my mom was like, what? Like, what is it? I'm like, they're not talking about the dogs. And my mom's like, yeah, well, I have nobody to do that with right now. I, and I had the same moment. <laughs> I had the same moment when they were returning the dogs. I said, oh, the girls, are the in girls, there. The, the girls, girls are, are in there. there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The girls are in there. Hurry, find the girls. And that's, and that's exactly <laughs> what I did. But I did it with like, with my mom in the room. I'm like, oh, they're not talking about the dogs. She's like, well, what are they talking about? I'm like, the girls. I'm like, the girls he's looking for. They're there. Like that's who they're supposed to set free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, me too. Oh my God. That's brilliant. That was so good. And I, and from that moment, I was like, yep, I'm in. I'm totally in on this show. And then there's well, that. And then. No, go ahead. Sorry, I was like really excited. No, yeah. no, no, that's okay. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, and then like the the literal what the f moment at the end. At the end, yes. That's all what I was these just pe- about to say. like all these people come together, and this plane blows up apparently blows on up its own in a cover up. No, yeah. I thought that they blew it up to cover up to cover it up. Oh, maybe that is the case. I don't know. I I kind of saw them standing outside the fence, so I didn't assume how would they would get in there to blow up the plane. See, I assumed what happened was is that they weren't going to investigate any further what happened. They didn't want to make a case out of it, and so the government or whoever just blew up the plane while they were all. But who what the like this driving inner voice that they all seem to have now brought them over there so that they could witness the plane blowing up. Oh, see, I took it as something different because I remember that. That one agent says, like, when the one agent says to the other, we didn't find anything, and he says, well, we're going to take it apart piece by piece. And that's kind of like where the plane was left. And then the next thing we see, we see all of them come back to the plane, and the plane explodes. So I don't know. I, I took that as in the plane kind of did this to itself. Like, whatever this force is that brought – that happened to these people and at at this point i have no idea what it is this could be like an act of god this could be an alien abduction this could be anything at this point Uh but whatever was behind it i felt was the one that took care of the plane so well i I guess we'll see because yeah yeah. i because that's also very plausible so um and i'm pretty and and um how about the fact that the doctor that created the leukemia regimen can save this kid's life and they almost well they do they deny him and but then she 
Didn't she give him the treatment anyways? Oh, she, no. She's the one that steps up to the to the one doctor and says, we're treating this child. Like, yes. this is my yeah. this is this is my research. I don't care what you say. We're treating this child. Well, and, and you're on their side because you know what they went through on the plane. Yeah. Right. Like all these other people are like, he doesn't fit the it's been five years. He's still alive. Like he totally doesn't fit this profile. And she's like, listen, man, I was on the plane. OK, but it hasn't been five years. It's it was five hours. Well, that's right? what that's what blew me away by that scene, too, is that doctor blatantly says uh, her boss blatantly says to her face, well, we don't know what he's been through through this experience. And I'm thinking, you jackass, she's been through the same experience. And right. that's a blatant insult to her that you're saying about this kid. She went through it, too. Like, you're completely ignoring that fact. Right, right, right. Absolutely. But it's, I, this is another one of those series where all these characters are connected in some together. way. Yeah. We don't know what it is. And I love it. Yeah. I'm excited. I, oh my gosh. I'm so excited that you wanted to talk about this for a second. And the scene in the airport when, um, when they learned that the mom died. Oh my and, God. And, I almost oh, broke down. I, I did break down. I was crying. I was just, cause I felt that when she started crying and crying and she goes, I didn't, I just wanted to get away from her for a few hours. I didn't want to. Oh my gosh. I'm, and and oh. it's, it's cause I'm watching this scene and I'm like, I don't even know these you were characters with your mom. yet. I know. I'm like, I don't even know these characters yet. And I'm already ready to break down at some of the moments that they're going through. And I love Josh Dallas. Um, I just Prince love Charming. Love Prince Charming. And he's still kind of a little Prince Charming. And it looks like he <laughs> it looks like his wife has a boyfriend or a husband yeah. or something like that. Yep. That's what I and it looks like the daughter knows. Yeah. My guess is that like, she got do? remarried. Um Do you think she got remarried or do you think she's just seeing someone? My guess is that she got remarried because he's gone. Like, they, it could, I, I don't know. I'm, because if it's just a boyfriend, then you say, I'm sorry, goodbye. My husband is alive. It, it's not complicated after it, right? But if you're married, I mean, for all we know, what if, what if it, there, it's like this guy and they had a baby? That's true. Right? Yeah. Like, we don't, we have no idea. What's going on the other end of that of that text message? Um, because for me, if like if my husband was gone for five and a half years and I thought he was dead and I just started dating again and I learned that he's alive, uh, bye Felicia. Like I don't, <laughs> I, I no, I I don't want I, my husband is now alive and home and my family's intact. I I don't need it. I goodbye. Yeah. Like you're just going to you're just going to have to deal with that. So if it turns out that it's just a boyfriend, to me that's an uncomplicated issue. It would be it would be more interesting if it ended up being a a new husband or like the start of a new family with another kid or something like that, right? So we'll see. Okay. No, I can see I can definitely see it that way. The other thing I thought about too, uh, and then we'll we'll start getting into listener feedback is uh, you know, when it comes to that family and, and it comes to Josh Allison and his wife and their son who has leukemia, you know, you, when you have a son in that situation, you kind of already have to get in that mindset that, you know, yes, we're fighting this battle, but there's a very strong possibility I'm going to lose my son. He's only been well, given. He was terminal. Yeah. He's been given a certain amount of time to live. Right. So when you feel like you lose your son in a plane crash or a plane disappearance, you, you kind of, you have to come to that grips faster in that, 
you know, yes, my son was terminal. I was already going to lose him, but I lost him faster than I was, than I was ready for. What kind of mindset does that put you in when your son returns, but he's still terminal? It's like, okay, I, he's not dead. I, I am now starting to realize that my son is still alive, but now, yes, I might still lose him again. Like, what does that you do know, to your mindset? Yeah, I don't know, because they, within a couple of days, it looks like they got the information that science had caught up with his illness and they yeah. got some hope. So, I mean, well, yeah, but I mean, before I mean, that as, moment, like, as a mom, yeah. as a mom, you lose your kid by a plane crash or by an illness. None, none of that is awesome. No, right. No, it's, it's all, it all makes you want to die as a parent. Um, and, and the fact that you were robbed of whatever extra time that you had with them, uh, that would actually be harder. Right. Yeah. Um, because you say, I, at least I have a couple more months and then that's taken from you by some freak accident. And you weren't there. You, you know, you left that kid behind. I mean, that's that's one guilt trip after another. And you feel like you've been robbed. It, it, it's the the complexity of those feelings. I hope they really explore that because that uh, it's it's it, it's huge. I can't even fathom that. Um, but. I would be so grateful in that moment to learn that science has caught up with my son's disease, right? And that something can now be done about it and I might get to actually watch him grow up. I think the real the real sadness, the real tragedy in that family is the fact that these twins are no longer twins. Yeah. Yeah, cuz you could tell that that that's that frightened the son too. Mm-hmm. The first time he saw his sister, you know, right. all grown up. Well, well that's the up, marked five years difference. Older. That's really that's really where you realize that time has passed, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody else is kind of the same. Everything feels the same, except now you see these two people that were twins five hours ago, and now they're they're like brother and sister, like teenager and kid. Yeah. I mean, that would just screw with me. It's, it's and that the, would that also is a good proof and a good barometer for hello. Do do you see this? Time has clearly passed for only one party. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 going to be interesting. I really can't wait to see where this series goes. I, I, and what if I, they rapidly start aging? To to catch up to where they would yeah. be at this point. Yeah, it'd be an interesting twist. Uh, I don't know. I'm really excited, though. I'm so glad that you brought it up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I am, too. Um, But yeah, I'd be very interested in to see what our listeners think as to whether or not we should keep talking about this every week. Should we just keep this to ourselves? Should we start another podcast? Like, I don't don't want to keep it to myself. I don't want to. Well, I mean, keep it to ourselves as in like you and I talk about it like off the air. So, but I don't want to either for hours. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So, um, but yeah, let us know because we, we want to be sure if you're interested in it, um, check it out and then, and then let us know. Should we podcast about it separately? Because Ben and I clearly want to talk about this show. (laughs) Yes, we, we really, really do. Um, as if we don't already have other podcasts that we do on top of this one. 
That's okay. But yeah, whatever. I don't care. I, don't ha- I want all the podcasts. I just want to be a gluttonous podcaster. Yep. We just want to be greedy and just fill your ear holes with our voices <laughs> on multiple, multiple, multiple things. Um, but let's get to some of our listener feedback. And uh, we do have a voicemail to listen to. And we have some on mail, uh, online voicemail online voicemail, uh, online feedback from the Facebook page. So I'll start with the Facebook page. Uh, and this comes from Richard Cordes. Apologies if I say that wrong. Uh, he messages us on Facebook and says, I must disagree with your opinion on Ethan's death while he was just doing his job. I know this was something we talked about last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethan traumatized Claire, left Charlie for dead, and threatened to kill one person a day until Claire was returned to him. Scott Jackson was found on dead on the beach, and according to Kate, his neck, arms, and fingers were all broken by Ethan. So Charlie killing him was justified. Uh, completely agree with the whole Charlie killing him was justified. We touched base on that a little bit earlier in this. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I think who was it that said Ethan was just doing his job last week? Was that me? Was that you? Me. Was that both of us. Okay. I think it was both of us, but I, think it was I, I yeah, I, um, I actually responded to his feedback and I told him that I totally agreed with him that, um, you know, while he is, while he was just doing his job, you know, it, he, his methods were not okay and he didn't he didn't do it right you know and and he did kidnap a pregnant mom and he did you know try to kill charlie and succeeded in killing another person and you know he pretended to be a survivor of a of a plane crash for a long time before that so you know <clears throat> while i agree that well while i think that you know once we learn more about the island and why Claire was so important and why the baby was so important. Um, at this point in the show, he is a villain and what he did was wrong. And yeah, so I agree with you, Richard. No, I, and I agree too. It, it's, uh, yeah, he wasn't just doing, I mean, it, to a degree, he was just doing his job, but you're right. The way, the means by he, how he did it were very nefarious and totally the, the wrong, the wrong way to go about it. So, um, and you know, that was something I thought about too, was when they found Scott dead on the beach and like his, his fingers and his arms and everything had been, all the bones had been broken. His neck had been broken. How did nobody, like, I mean, we know that they're stealthy. We know that the others are stealthy, but short of like covering Scott's face while he screamed, how did nobody hear this? Cause I can't see them breaking his neck first and then breaking his fingers. Cause that's kind of pointless, but would you not hear somebody scream in agony from fingers and arms breaking before you finally snap their neck. Do you think that his neck and his fingers and everything was broken because Ethan drowned him and that was a quieter way to die? Oh, I didn't think about that. And they were just his, his arms and fingers were just kind of broken defense marks. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Okay. That, that makes more sense. I mean, if he came up from the ocean, it stands to reason that maybe, you know, uh, Steve was, you know, the one, he was Scott, whatever, Scott, Steve <laughs> was, was the one that Dude, was that maybe was Scott. Scott, Steve, um, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe he was like, he was on the shore. So he was the easy get. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. You're right. It could have been, he pulled him out to sea and the arms and fingers and everything were just kind of yeah defensive and then 
they just kind of let him, Ethan just kind of let him wash up on shore. So to find him, um, yeah, cause it's funny how they lead you to believe that it's going to be Boone's fault that somebody got through and it doesn't matter if Boone fell asleep or not. Somebody was getting killed. Well, cause they can't, well, I, we can still blame Boone, but yeah, let's, let's still blame Boone because <laughs> Boone's kind of a dink. <laughs> <laughs> I love the term dink. <laughs> I used it in my other podcast yesterday too. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. I decided I like that word, so I'm gonna cross cross use it. <laughs> <laughs> cross platform dinkage. <laughs> um, thank you, Richard, for your for your feedback, and thanks for listening. And uh, we're we're glad to be back because he also said like he loved the podcast and he couldn't wait for our return. So uh, yep. your timing was perfect because he he just messaged us right before we were recording this. Yes. Uh, we also have a fee- we also have a voicemail. Um, do you want to tell us about that one? Uh, our voicemail is from Steve Brown. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> no, we love when Steve leaves us a voicemail. I do. Uh, uh, he does uh, pretty much every episode. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to that. Hey, Ben and Kristen, it's Steve. Uh, just wanted to call and say a couple of things with these uh, episodes, Homecoming and Outlaws. Uh, first off, before I forget, I don't want... Uh, this to be lost among everything uh prayers are with you Kristen, and with your home i pray everything works out fine with this hurricane uh this florence who knows what uh, this thing is going to do um but i got some thoughts on uh homecoming and outlaws uh so i hope this doesn't go too long for you um i thought it was pretty cool when charlie was very specific about saying ethan's the bad guy uh, when he was talking to Claire. I thought that was really, really good. Um, sooner or later, uh, Jen is going to have to decide. He's going to take his side. Um, even as not understanding what people are saying, he's got to decide where he sets because this is going to become two separate groups pretty quick. Um, uh, Charlie's uh, trying to be a con man was... Pretty fun uh, to watch there in Homecoming. Uh, Locke and Boone, they seem to have completely forgotten about the hatch or they've replaced it with everything else. I don't know. It, it seems interesting to me that they, they've completely abandoned uh, their pursuit of the hatch. So, uh, and uh, just side note, no more Scott and Steve uh, controversy with homecoming that's tragic um okay uh outlaws uh did sawyer he must have had a passport or an id that that identified him as the name sawyer because when uh hurley was doing the manifest you know he didn't know that sawyer was not his real name i just thought that was just something that didn't really come up uh before um Robert fucking Patrick. I totally forgot that Robert Patrick uh, showed up as a cameo in this episode of Outlaws. And it's just amazing. I love Robert Patrick. I've loved him. Everything he does is great. Um, I Just the last couple of things with um, Jack and his father and... Uh, some other things, it just, it just, we see that Jack was trying to be a hero, uh, 
even before he came to the island. And it wasn't until he got to the island that he got to be a hero. And uh, my final thought, I, I hope this makes it in, it's because it's very important, is uh, whenever you cause the death of another human, it's significant. No matter what the circumstances are, it's significant. And Charlie needs to deal with it. Um, talk to you next time. Bye. Well, thanks, Steve. He he made a couple really good points in, mm-hmm. in that voicemail. In that um, the biggest one being he's absolutely right about the passport manifest kind of deal. Like, how did Hurley not know that Sawyer wasn't his real name? I, I don't know. Uh, like, I, I didn't even think about that. That never crossed my mind. I wonder if that was um, that was maybe already dealt with. Maybe maybe Hurley did know. Or there's a possibility that he just did have forged IDs because he did kind of take Sawyer on as an identity. That's true. He could have actually changed his name. Yeah. So I, who knows? I, I don't know, but that That's was an uh, interesting. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. <laughs> I, I, I did want to say it. though, I did want to say as far as Locke and Boone and the you know, uh, the what's the word? Abandoning the hatch. Um, I don't think that's know, the there, case. No, I think that there's an emergency. Claire was missing. There, you know, the lives were lives were at stake at the camp, and the uh, energy needed to be focused elsewhere for the time being. But as we all know, they will refocus their attention. Oh, they do within the next two episodes, because I know episode 17 and 18 are the next two we're going to talk about. Uh, in translation, episode 17 is another Jin backstory. Uh, and then episode 18 is Numbers, which is the Hurley backstory. Uh, and, yes! And pretty important to uh, to everything that's going on with this. So Love Hurley. Uh, yeah. And these numbers, man, is going to be... these. This is important. This is big, because this plays a key aspect of the series till the end Mm -hmm. uh, with these numbers. So um, I don't think it's not. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think they necessarily abandon it. I think that they just took a moment to, to focus on something else. As you said, there was an emergency at the camp and Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, that kind of took precedent for the moment. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, um, And Steve, I totally agree with you completely. Robert fucking Patrick (laughs) is, He's the man. I love Robert Patrick. And he's T one thousand. He's T one thousand. And if you've never seen the show Scorpion, which unfortunately has been canceled at this point, uh, it was an amazing show that I loved, and I was really bummed that it got canceled. He was in Army Wives too. My mom used to watch that show, and I would pop in uh, when she was watching it every once in a while. I'm like, "Is that the T one thousand? She's like, <laughs> "She's like, no." <laughs> he's got a he's got a small cameo in Wayne's World too. <clears throat> Um, as a moment where like Wayne is driving to stop a wedding and of Cassandra and he gets pulled over by a cop and it's Robert Patrick holding a picture and says, have you seen this boy? And, I like, love that. I remember that. <laughs> and he just dri- Wayne just screams and drives away and I love it. No! Um, but yeah. Thanks Steve for, uh, for the feedback as usual. Yeah. He, I he love says, I place, hope buddy. this will make it in. Of course it's going to make yeah, it in. Of course it is. We love you. We love Steve. Uh, If you guys want to leave us feedback, there are multiple ways that you can do so. Uh, We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We are on Instagram at lost revisited pod, and we will be getting a Twitter 
account set up uh, probably this week. Yep, and most likely we're going to try and make it the same thing. So it'll be lost in Insta- or Instagram and Twitter will be the uh, the same handle. Uh, you can, of course, email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a message, you can record it yourself and send it into our email address. If you need directions, Steve can tell you how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we encourage you to check out all other podcasts we have on both the Next Level uh, uh, Next Level Podcast Network and Podcastica. So, on that note, uh, let's spend maybe one or two minutes on this before we get out of here. Um, I also want to say too, real quick, if you guys, when we go into season two and we start doing the show weekly, um, we want to start having some of our listeners on to talk about the shows with us. So if you're, yes. in, if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, I know Steve has written an email to us. Uh, our buddy Des wants to come on at some point as well. Uh, Jason, I'm sure we'll have back on too. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please just send us a message on Facebook or, uh, an email telling us a little bit about yourself. Let us know your favorite episodes of the show. Uh, because who knows? We might have you on when we talk about those episodes. Yes. I would love that. I would too. Uh, but you and I have a couple changes in both of our, uh, perspective other networks that we, that we're with. And mm-hmm. mine is very quick. So I'll just do mine. I'll knock mine out first and then I'll let you go into yours because I'm excited about yours too. Um, the Showcast Spotlight, which was my interview podcast on the Next Level Podcast Network, has changed. It is now simply called The Spotlight, and uh, it has been relaunched and revamped to one-on-one interviews in which I had my first one last week with my uh, a musician named Pete Mitchell uh, from California who just released a new album. And as I mentioned earlier, this week, I'm going to have Tyler Labine from New Amsterdam, who you might also know from Reaper, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, uh, I'm going to have him on the podcast this week, and I'm extremely, extremely excited to have him on. Very uh, cool. Yep, but just now called the spotlight with Ben Beck, and I'm excited. <laughs> but you, you have some news for from the podcastica side of things as well. Yes. Um, so we, after a very long hiatus, we are back with our Game of Thrones podcast, and we uh, we have renamed it House Podcastica. We will have we have a brand new feed, uh, which um, I'm not sure how long it takes. I know that it was it was made like four or five days ago, and we're still waiting for it to just kind of pop up so people can subscribe. So it is called House Podcastica. Our logo is a picture of the Night King. So if you see that and you see that it says House Podcastica, you know that you've reached the right one. Uh, we have, you know, new email address, new um, new episode. We just dropped it this morning uh, on the Red Wedding. Very excited. And... Um, <clears throat> yeah, so everything is is back up and running with that, and I'm really excited because I really missed podcasting on Game of Thrones for so long. I missed that show a lot, so I, um, and I'm really glad to be over and done with the Red Wedding. <laughs> I just looked, and your feed is up now on iTunes. Cool, thanks, man. Yep, yeah, I just looked at uh, <laughs> as of about six hours ago. It uh, it just finally um it, it popped up. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Cool. So I am subscribed to it as we speak because I was waiting for it to pop up too. Cool. So, Thanks so much. I appreciate it. So, uh, yeah. And, and I definitely encourage people to check that out as well because it's uh, when it was what it was before, it was good. Now it's even better. Thank you. And you and I know the reasons behind that, but we won't divulge. Correct. <laughs> we don't edit anything out. 
Um, so yeah, but I'm excited that you guys are back for it. I, I can't Thank wait you. till I, I know I was a guest on the former and that episode kind of has disappeared into the ether, but I'm fine with it because I'd much rather be a guest on this new version of the podcast. Yay. Me too. And I'm excited. We'll have you on. Uh, I'll have you on and we're about to start season four. So good. Good, good, good. I'm, Things are I'm about excited. to get crazy. <laughs> um, any last words before we wrap this up and we get out? No, I, you know, but, uh, The Walking Dead comes back this week. I'm kind of excited about that. Looks like it's going to be a nice, fresh season. Yeah, I don't know if I'm as excited. Uh, I'm always excited. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I'm really excited about Manifest. So I am too. I, I am. Please, too. if and, you haven't watched it, watch it. And again, we we want your feedback. Do do you want to hear us talk about it? Should we do it separate? Should we keep it part of this? You let us know, and that's what we'll uh, we'll base our decision on. Yeah, so, love it, uh, Kristen. I'm very happy you and your family are safe, and everything is is getting back in order. I know it's not there yet, but it's getting there. It's getting there, and uh, I see the light. I know our friends and our listeners are are happy that every that you were well and and everything is is good with you too. So thank you, appreciate it. Uh, but I think that's gonna wrap it up for yeah, man. for for this episode. We'll be back on uh, October 15th for the next one, and then I think there's only. I think there's only three more episodes of this of doing it this this format. So yeah, so we're gonna have to figure that one out because if we go two at a time, it leaves us with three episodes at the one. end, and one is a two parter. Oh yeah, you're right. So we're gonna have to figure that one out, but we'll figure it out. We'll we'll talk about it another time. Yeah, we figure we out have, the timing. We have till the end of the month, pretty much to yeah. figure it out because we still have one more episode of two more. So maybe we'll go the one episode a piece before then. We'll okay. see. And I yeah. really and I really think we, we need a guest when we talk about the finale. Maybe we don't. I don't I agree. Know. I, okay. Um, <laughs> you took a while. It's fine. <laughs> so I, thought I maybe was you swallowing. Didn't oh, I was swallowing. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Take care. Thank you. Bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! <laughs>